Your Majesty, thank you very much for talking to us, and uh, good luck with the record. And now on Radioactive, we welcome Radio 4 listeners who join us for Bedrock, the early morning breakfast show with Mike Flex. And a great good morning. Hi, Mike Flex here. Uh, look after yourselves, and thanks for the money. My name is Mike Flex. Mike Flex, Mike, Mike Flex. Yep, uh, Mike Flex, and uh, by one of those happy coincidences, this is the Mike Flex Show. And uh, thank you for all those of you who wrote in for the Find a New Name for Mike Flex competition. We still haven't picked the winner, but thank you to Joy for suggesting old dustbin head. Hmm. We'll have a brand new competition later on, and we'll be inviting you to find a name for the microphone. So, plenty of fun there, I would think. Well, you're listening to... Britain's first national local radio station. Broadcasting to you on the same wavelength as all the local taxis. <laughs> but right now, here's Mandy with uh, news of her show that you can hear later on today. Hi, Mandy. Hi, Mike. What have you got on for us today? Oh, just the usual pair of jeans. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific, yeah. <laughs> well, no, but seriously, Mike, I'm doing the Golden Oldies show where I'll be playing all the hits from just one year. And tonight I'll be playing all the hits from 1873. <laughs> so there's a must for all you Cliff Richard fans. <laughs> OK, bye, Mandy. And now it's film review. Hello. This week I went along to see the latest cinema television spin-off, Blue Peter, the Motion Picture. <laughs> it was crass, boring, banal. But even so, I didn't like it. <laughs> and what to my taste is the new Buster Keaton season opening this week at the Trendy Arts Film Centre in London. Among the films to be shown is the truly classic, The Stuntman. Who can forget this truly unforgettable scene? Remember that? Gripping stuff. In stark contrast, of course, to the poignant and moving deathbed scene at the end of the film. Brilliant. Well, next week sees the opening of the new Peckinpah, the latest Coppola, and Brando's directorial debut. But I'll be turning my attention to Naked Virgins in Copenhagen. Uh, so while I'm away, Mike Flex will be sitting here. Okay, nice to see you up. And uh, last night, I went to see the very moving new film, in fact, The First Teardrop of Spring, and I must admit, I cried. I couldn't afford an ice cream. <laughs> okay, yeah. Actually, uh, I couldn't afford to go to the cinema as my wife has just left me. Come back, Helen. Okay. Um, <laughs> time for a request, and it comes from uh, Mrs. Johnson in Kettering, and she wants to hear old mouthful of gravel, Kenny Rogered. There are times when a boy becomes a man And things you couldn't tell him you suddenly can When Billy grew up I thought it was the time that I called him And laid things on the line And I said, Billy, you're almost turning 16 
Just coming up to news time now, and uh, we've just heard that the Governor General of Australia has resigned. And for more details about that, our man in Sydney is on the line, Roger Jones. Hello, Roger. Uh, hello, Roger. Hi. Uh, Roger, what are the reactions of the Australians to the Governor General's resignation? What time is it? Uh, hello, Roger. Um, I was wondering about the reactions to the Governor-General's resignation. It's five o'clock in the morning. Uh, has there been much surprise? Surprise, buddy. Five o'clock in the morning. Uh, what about the Prime Minister? What about him? Uh, do you expect him to be surprised? I should say so, bloody five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> oh, get better sleep, you silly cow. It's five o'clock in the morning. Roger? Five o'clock in the morning? What does he want? I don't know, it's about the Prime uh, Minister. Roger, perhaps you could bring us back here. Don't you stay out of this! Uh, well, we'll be uh, keeping you right up to date on that story just as soon as we can buy a newspaper. But, uh, <laughs> but right now it's time for our resident medium, Miranda, with today's stars. If you are a Trappist monk, today will be quiet. <laughs> Cancer. Leos will be particularly receptive to you today. 
Seek them out wherever you can. Leos, Cancerians are a bad sign today. If one approaches you, hit them where they are most sensitive. Scorpio, pay special attention to your diet. In particular, avoid glass, rat poison, and anything bigger than yourself. Aquarius, you will travel unexpectedly after a gas explosion <laughs> in your kitchen. Get sunshine and beaches and foreign diseases. We call them holiday spots. Holiday spots. Thinking of taking our holiday abroad this year? Call in at Perkins Travel and let me and my second wife, Jill, show you some of the exciting cities you can travel to. Yes! And all at roughly half the cost of any other. Travel agent. Here are some of the exotic places you can visit. Reykjavik. Home, home of the igloo and cultural centre of Antarctica. Plenty of fresh air and open space, and within easy walking distance of Canada. <laughs> or perhaps you prefer something a little further south. Lovely Warsaw. Known throughout the world as the capital of Poland and home of many Polish people. With sunshine throughout almost the whole of the last week in July, a must for anyone with an interest in vodka or light industry. So book now with Perkins Travel Agency. Quick bit of traffic news. There will be no tubes running today between Mayfair and Dulwich, as there are no stations in either of these places. <laughs> Tickets, please. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, sir, thank you. Uh, excuse me, sir, uh, when did you buy this ticket? Uh, this morning, obviously. Well, that's impossible, I think, sir, because the date says the 7th. Yes, well? It's 23rd today, sir. Really? Did you buy this ticket today? Well, yes, I did. When did you think I bought it? D-Day? OK, well, it's got a serial number on it. I'll just ring up Patreon and check if there's been something faulty with their dating machine, OK? Uh, well, actually, I didn't buy it myself. Uh, obviously. Uh, I mean, my father bought it for me and gave it to me uh, as I was getting on the train. I see. Uh, now, if that really does say the 7th, then he must have bought the ticket on the 7th and uh, not used it and uh, given it to me instead of the new one. In which case, your father will have today's ticket. Yes. No, yes. No, yes. He probably, no, he's probably lost it. <laughs> probably, probably emptied out his pockets and lost the shit. Oh, I could kill him. Well, uh, we'd better take down his name and address then, sir. Who's this? Your father. My father? He's dead. <laughs> uh, you better have mine instead. Sir, look, let's be honest. You tried to use an old ticket to get through today, isn't that the truth? How, d how dare you accuse me of... Yes, that is true. How dare you? <laughs> I pay taxes to keep your sort of person alive, you know? Your name, sir? Oh, very well. Um, my name is Gordon. Uh, Kenneth. Which is it to be, sir? Kenneth. Do you know my Christian name? Kenneth. As in Kendall. Yes, that's right. Come on. And your second name, sir? Uh, Kendall. <laughs> your name is Kenneth Kendall. Yes, yes. Come on, hurry up. Some of us got jobs to do, you know. 
Your address then, sir? Uh, 10 Downing Street. <laughs> Catron. Thank you, sir. Right, very well. You'll be hearing from us. Uh, look, you couldn't just uh, hold this £5 note for a moment, could you? Are you trying to bribe me, sir? No, no, no. Yes, yes, why not? <laughs> right, well, I'm afraid we'll have to take that as well. Oh, well, thanks for holding it for me. Could I just have it back? Thanks very much. Very decent of you. Oh, you'll be hearing from us, sir. How careless. The price of one ticket and a fine anywhere up to £200. Was it really worth it? Next time, it could be you. <laughs> that was a public service broadcast. <laughs> And uh, news of a couple of events going on today that uh, you might be interested in. There's a meeting of the Salvation Army in Hyde Park, and they'll be going on from there to beat up some midgets in Chelsea. <laughs> That's uh, three o'clock if you want to come along. But right now, um, Helen, I love you, please come back. Uh, right now, it's, uh, it's time for another in our series of personal reminiscences of famous celebrities' lives, which we have decided to call... Uh, personal reminiscences of famous celebrities' lives. It is a fact that someone you took when you were young to be the most objectionable, stubborn, insincere, pompous and unnecessarily toffee-nosed person you ever had the misfortune of sharing a bath night with can turn out in later life to be perfectly pleasant. Thus, I feel somewhat guilty about revealing my childhood memories of Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> I first met Maggie, or Margaret, as she was then known, in 1937 and bade her farewell, or more good riddance, in 1942. Although she was the youngest girl in the dormitory, within three weeks, Margaret, or Sir, as uh, she insisted on being called, <laughs> was dormitory captain. She ruled the dormitory with a rod of iron, which she had prized out from the bedstead. <laughs> Thinking back, it, it occurs to me that there were enormous parallels between her opinions even then and the ones she now holds. Now she believes wholeheartedly in the freedom of the individual, and this was also the case at school, where she was, of course, the individual in question. <laughs> and then her stand on capital punishment has never altered. Poor Joanna. <laughs> but, but, you know, as much as you may have noticed, little snatches of hostility do slip in there where I'm talking about Margaret or, or, or Bodicea, as she, was, <laughs> as, as she was known by the end of our school days, one couldn't help but admire her persistence. All in all, Margaret Thatcher has made an indelible mark upon those who have crossed her path in life. Uh, my particular mark is just here on the, on the outside of my leg where she stabbed me with a fountain pen. <laughs> Broadcasting to you locally, nationwide. Well, uh, time now on a lighter note for Radioactive's Quiz of the Air. Last week we had a special competition for all you men entitled, Who is the Perfect Lover? And uh, a staggering 80% thought it was Judy Huxtable of Cheshire. <laughs> so that's the correct answer. <laughs> for those of you who didn't get it, her address is 14 Priory Terrace. <laughs> But uh, this week, something for the ladies. We give you the chance to find out, would I make a good queen? So, pencils ready and write down the answers that apply to you. I like to wear... A. Hats. B. Headscarves. C. Crowns. 
When I meet a man for the first time, I usually say... A. Hello. B. Hello, handsome. C. Arise, sir. <laughs> At Christmas, I like to... A. Put my feet up. B. Carve the turkey. C. Address the nation. <laughs> I like opening... A. Presents. B. Chocolates. C. Parliament. <laughs> I am used to treading on... A. Floorboards. B. Lino. C. Corgis. <laughs> and finally, I would like my son to be... A. An accountant. B. A BBC producer. C. King. <laughs> So there's the quiz. If you want to enter, get in touch with us before last Friday and we will send you a self-addressed envelope. <laughs> a few months ago, the government published a pamphlet, Protect and Survive, a publication designed to advise the British people what we should do in the event of a nuclear attack. Well, I have with me in the studio Mr Gareth Gutteridge, a member of the Campaign for Nuclear Disarmament. Mr Gutteridge, welcome. Yes. How thorough, <laughs> how, uh, how thorough is this publication, Mr Gutteridge? Yes. Mm -hmm. I do feel that throughout the book, one category of person has been totally ignored. Mm -hmm. And uh, who is this? Well, um, this is the unfortunate fella who finds that the nuclear bomb is about to fall directly on his head. <laughs> Yes, so what do you in the CND suggest for this person? Now, well, the secret will be to have on your person some kind of protective headgear. <laughs> I see, and what would you recommend? Now, well, there's a lamentable lack of headdresses in the shop, um, designed specifically to withstand the full impact of a nuclear warhead. Uh, but we recommend the ancient Chinese cooking instrument, the wok. Uh -huh, yeah. <laughs> or, or a copy of Bertrand Russell's History of Western Philosophy. Mm. And you, uh, you should hold these above your head at the moment of impact. Well, preferably you should find some way of attaching them by means of glue or string, as holding on the headgear will probably mean that your hands come out the worse for wear in the case of a direct hit. <laughs> Any final words of encouragement to someone who finds themselves in such a situation? Ah, well, once the headgear is on, just stand and wait, mm -hmm. and uh, hope the bomb is not all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. This is Radioactive, broadcasting on 400 metres long wave, 200 metres medium wave, and 100 metres hurdles VHF. <laughs> and now, we have the results here of an exclusive radioactive survey, which proves that the death rate is remaining steady. At one per person. <laughs> At, uh, right now, it's time for our short story, read today by Roger Daly. And uh, he's going to be having a look at an extract from Samantha's Passage, the new novel by <laughs> Suzanne Jacks. The raging sun beat down on the scorched white sand, and languid palm trees rustled gently in the wind. Samantha noticed how there was something different about Brixton these days. <laughs> was it the changing climate, or perhaps the sudden swell of tourists? Or was it the 600-yard Riviera Beach built along the South Circular by the local council? <laughs> she couldn't tell. She watched the children as they ran to the edge of the beach, buckets and spades in their hands, being narrowly missed by number 19 buses. <laughs> how careless of them, she thought, that they should always miss. <laughs> looking round her, she saw a young man. She asked him to stop looking round her, and he smiled <laughs> And he smiled enigmatically and walked away. Immediately, without hesitation, she reached for her dictionary and looked up enigmatic. <laughs> she wondered if she had perhaps frightened him away by appearing too demure or disconsolate. 
but then realised she didn't know what either of those words meant either. <laughs> she watched him disappear and decided to stretch her legs. Perhaps added height would attract him. <laughs> then suddenly, before she could do anything about it, the narrative stopped... Hmm? Uh, thank you, Roger. Well, Roger has in fact had uh, an unfortunate accident with his own library recently. It uh, burnt down. Both books were destroyed, and one of them wasn't even coloured in. <laughs> Please come back, Helen, and bring Jonathan with you, if you must. Um, but, but right now... Right now, it's, uh, it's my very great pleasure to be joined in the studio here by the, the very beautiful Kate Bosch. <laughs> Kate, uh, good to see you. Yeah, it must be. Amazing. <laughs> You're, um, you see, you're looking very uh, amazing today. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Wearing that uh, marvellously delicate dress. Yeah, it's amazing, actually. It's crimpling. <laughs> is, it, uh, is it homemade? No, it's Marks and Sparks. <laughs> amazing. Kate, uh, Kate, I must ask you, um, do you wear anything underneath? Amazing. Sorry? I'm sorry. Uh, what are your future plans? Well, I'm touring at the end of the year, and then I'm doing another album. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, um, are you doing anything uh, this evening? Sorry? Uh, sorry, uh, Kate, would you, uh, would you like to give us a, a brief sample of one of your new songs? Well, I think that would be, well, amazing, Mike. Amazing, okay. So here on Radioactive for the first time is the beautiful Kate Bosch with one of her new beautifully delicate songs. That's about it from the Mike Flex show today. It's goodbye from me, Mike Flex, and from my producer, who produces the Mike Flex show. Um, and we'll leave you tonight with our record of the week. It's our number one and moving higher all the time. So here are Status Queen.
Radioactive was performed by Helen Atkinson Wood, Angus Deaton, Jeffrey Perkins, Philip Pope and Michael Stevens. Music was by Philip Pope and the programme was written by Angus Deaton and Jeffrey Perkins with additional material from David Jackson Young and Michael Stevens. The producer was Jimmy Mulville.